Is there anything we want to touch upon real quick before we move on to our last? I think that's it. I'm just going to check my uh, my list of things that I've been watching. Yeah, well, lots of great stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gloria, that was really great. Gloria's fun. Gloria is a better version of Leon the Professional. I know that's hearsay for some people, but I'm saying it. It, it was a little too long. It was a little repetitive, but I was glad to see a film where Cassavetes actually made a plot because it proved to me that he could it's it is a plot and you know what it's there are t- there there are moments of genuine tension i thought but yeah it's good it's good movie. proves the man can do things he can just choose it not to <laughs> yeah so our bfi film of the week is the 1971 dystopian crime film a clockwork orange which was adapted from a 1962 novel by the one and only Stanley Kubrick. It is starring Malcolm McDowell, who you probably don't really know from anything else. The only other film I've seen with him in it is If dot dot dot. That one uh, was looking at me in the Criterion sales this weekend. Interesting film. Mm. Anyway, it's a Kubrick film, so it is bound to be at least good. But your your opinion may vary, and I think this, in my experience, is the most one of the more variable opinions yeah. that people have on in Kubrick's filmography. I've seen this before. Chandler has not. I'm curious to hear Chandler's thoughts. It is interesting. Um, it's one of those things that I feel like every with most Kubrick movies, every aspect of its design is so pointed and realized. But it's one of those movies where I just find myself asking, okay, but why? <laughs> Because so much of this is just so incredible. The 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 production design is so retro futurist. Um, the dialogue, which at first was jarring, but the more and more I listened to it, the more I liked it. It was it was. You ever watch those YouTube videos where it's like, "What English sounds like to a non-native speaker?" Mm, it was yeah. this movie. <laughs> where I'm like, I know what these words mean, but you put them in this order, and I have no clue what you're talking about. But there's so many context clues that even when you have no fucking clue what the words mean, you get what they're saying. I think Malcolm McDowell is great in this movie. I think that, as always, the cinematography is fantastic, static, clinical. Um, Music is great. A lot of classical music in this one. Ludwig von, as he says. (laughs) I love that. It's fun, but the thing is... Your old Ludwig von. The thing about this is that it's so... I can see why people are turned off by this movie, because it's very dark. I mean, your protagonist is a murdering rapist. And he calls like it naked, but very different. Yeah, but at least at least Johnny is funny. Yeah, <laughs> nothing about him is funny. And but that's the thing about this movie is that there are interesting ideas, such as the idea that human nature is it's natural. It can't be changed. But it's the framing device of it's almost like they're trying to villainize this idea that changing human nature is impossible and improbable and immoral but when you're demonstrating this on a murdering rapist it's hard to tell who's really the bad guy and by the end i'm just wondering okay but what 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 are you trying to say with all of this i find this film so fascinating from more of an academic perspective than i do from the actual film itself mm-hmm. i don't necessarily find it an enjoyable watching experience it's I hard like watching a clockwork orange but i think it's a good film and the thing I like a lot about it is what it says about politics, about 
things like authoritarianism in mm-hmm. government and how that comes about and the the idea there's there's some very nazi-esque things that happen in this film mm-hmm. like the the gangsters that become a part of the police and then the end alex is given a government job uh, I do think things like that yeah interesting that he's this murdering rapist is turning into a pr figure without even really trying to be i think that's and a- it's real like that stuff can happen yeah. it's not fake and i think history will just continue to prove this film is not not as out there as as someone might think it might be mm-hmm. but it's so interesting on a philosophical level like the, as you were saying the choice and human nature and this is coming more from my like my own personal ideas on uh uh human free will as we might say mm-hmm. that it's interesting that we like the film is about taking away his free will and his ability to choose but you kind of get the sense that he doesn't really have a choice. Like he is the way he is to begin with. He's just a bad person. Yeah. And he's kind of compulsively acting on these evil desires. And I almost want to say, like, when you think about it that way, that reprogramming him in this kind of biological uh, way is kind of taking o- is is taking away his basic sensibilities, mm-hmm. like what his, his, him as a human is kind of like programmed to be just in general and supplanting it with something a bit more artificial, but there's still this kind of sense of lack of choice in all of it. Yeah. That I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of getting at the, the fact that I don't necessarily fully believe in the idea of concept of free will, but that's not here or there. Yeah. I think it's the film doesn't necessarily say anything specific about any of this stuff, which is why I think it works because it's not, it's just exploring this idea of, mm-hmm. What does morality mean? What does the government, how far should the government go in its pursuit of stopping crime? And where does it become, uh, how much will do you leave a person in a society to make their own choice between what is right and wrong? Yeah. It's, I, it's interesting in that academic sense. Yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I feel like the one missing link that this movie has or needs is that they do a great job of explaining that society feels like they have this this need this obligation to fix the people that really they fucked up in the first place which you know is what we see from the prison scene onwards but i never got the sense that this is a society that we it didn't look like alex was somebody who was fucked up by society it just looked like alex was fucked up to begin with so it's not as it's not as interesting as fixing a problem they didn't even know they created. It's just fixing a problem, horribly fucking up with it, and trying to see how they can fix it from there, which I don't think is as inherently interesting. And that's why I think it's not as necessarily as deep as it thinks it is. But it's one of those things that you know, even if it's not necessarily fully realized in what it's trying to say, it it hides that very well with some very creative visuals and very creative uh, just it's a strange world they live in so strange this is one of the (laughs) strangest films we're going to watch on this list like it's it's up there with color of pomegranates and being kind of strange very different films yes but But it's one of those things that it's so similar to reality that you understand what's going on but the more and more you question it like the fucking milk bar why (laughs) (laughs) why milk what their outfits what do their outfits mean what they're 
the haircuts, the the eye makeup, the I got some idea that there was um some Jesus imagery that they were recalling because they have those oh, weird yeah. eyes, hands of or marks of Christ. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, then why the jock strap? Why the masks? the ludwig von there's there's some very interesting commentary on uh the the story of jesus and one of my favorite little visuals is the main character alex imagines he imagines himself back in the jesus story but as i think many people (laughs) would imagine themselves more as a a just an onlooker or as someone who's sharing in jesus's struggle he imagines himself as the person whipping jesus and i just but, I'm sorry if that offends anyone. But it's, it's funny. Fun it's funny, me. and there's little, there's these so many bizarre little moments that just make me laugh. The, okay, in the beginning, Alex's crime, you know, when he assaults the couple in the house before he kills the woman, the woman is just sitting inside of this bean couch thing, and it, it shuts. Did you see that? <laughs> like it, you can close the chair itself. Why? Which I'm like, why? What? what is the practicality for that one thing that just makes me laugh the more and more i think about it because that house they revisit it later in the movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) buff austin powers for no reason (laughs) that's one of the weirder parts of the film like i understand a strong man you need a strong man he's disabled he needs help why does he look like that it's what all Kubrick films are an enigma to some degree. Yeah. I think A Clockwork Orange is the closest to an unsolvable enigma to so many little design decisions are just like, <laughs> why is it above Austin Powers? Why? I, you, you never know, but it's there. And, you know, it, like, like we said with multiple movies, there's a mystery there. And this one, I want to solve it. I'm interested <laughs> in this movie. It's, it's fascinating. Good. It's, I don't, I don't want to say entertaining, because it is a very dark and very hard, but there are moments that are funny. I do think, <laughs> again, I, I think the character of Alex is interesting. I like the the things that he's fascinated by, the Ludwig van and the and singing in the rain. It's just I don't. Makes me want to rewatch that film. Talked about that a bit. Sing you said that as well. I, I, I want to watch it again. Yeah. It's the only thing I don't like is that sequence with the red shoes and maybe it's changed by mind. In the rain. But yeah, it's, you know, in the rain. I can see why this movie is so iconic. It's hard to forget. It is. Whether you like it or not. I, I would, I am always disturbed by people who say this is their favorite Kubrick. But now that I've seen it, I'm like, okay, I get it a bit. I'm still a little put off. But This might be like, I could see like a, a philosophy pers- pers- uh, professor might be like, well, this is my favorite Kubrick film. And yeah. I think that's totally normal. Like I wouldn't see anything deviant about that. Yeah. If you are into thinking about the films you watch, this is a film for you. But I'm, I, I think this is one of Kubrick's. God, now that I think about it, maybe all of Kubrick's filmography, you just can't recommend to anyone because you either have to be in the hey, room to think about hey. what you're watching or you're not going to get much out of it. The Killing. No. Yes. Shut up. I know. Look, hey, I know you don't like the killing as much as me, but the killing is solid. It is 80 minutes. It is a straightforward crime thriller. It is more straightforward than a lot of his Yes. Maybe, though, The Shining is probably the one Kubrick film that I'd be like, oh, you'll watch it. Yeah. It'd be fine. Yeah. I think A Clockwork Orange uh, takes a bit too much time with with what it's trying to do, although I wouldn't necessarily get rid of it. Like, I can't point to anything. (laughs) 
that to get rid of because Kubrick is very good at using every moment to do something. Yeah. I just think it could have been done a little quicker in some respects. It's, there are moments that when I'm watching it, I'm like, this is dumb. But then in retrospect, I like when he gets beat up by that wave of homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets beat up by the cops like this dude's not having a good day. But... Oh, oh, yeah. OK. <laughs> I was he really in that tank for that long? Because that was a long time. That was a take. That was one take. I'm not sure. I think well, that way. Th- there, there are moments in this movie where I'm thinking about, you know, Kubrick's infamous for being, you know, the perfectionist. And the whole time I'm thinking, oh, God. He's infamous for being a perfectionist and putting his actors through shit. Yeah, but there's some things where I'm like looking, okay, his face gets dunked in the water. That has like 45 seconds that he probably wants at least three takes of. I think of um, <laughs> when Alex knocks over the desk in the bookshelf and he invades the home. I'm like, someone has to reset that. <laughs> oh, no. They they did at least three takes on that. So someone had to reset that bookcase. But, at that, but it's also that that makes me think, OK, this this fucked up shit that Malcolm Gladwell is saying, I believe it. He was probably at this place <laughs> mentally having to deal with all this. I like it more the more I think about it. It's not my favorite Kubrick. I'm going to put it between The Shining and... I'm I'm drawing a blank on the Kubrick's I've even seen at this point. Strange Love? Killing? Paths of Glory? I'm going to put it between The Shining and Paths of Glory. Okay. That th- That's my comfortable rating right now. Does it deserve to be on the BFI on the top 100 films of all time? I'm going to say no because this isn't even like top three Kubrick. And, you know, as someone who subscribes to the idea that it should be one director, <laughs> I, I couldn't... Cu- in good faith say that the fourth best kubrick should be on this list so no. my goal by the end of this podcast is to get you to unsubscribe to that no except for powell and pressburger and cohen's because <laughs> there's two of them so they get two movies each uh, kubrick gets two come on okay we'll see hey if we, if we make a compromise i'll put two on if we're allowed to put the return on <laughs> I, we're technically allowed to put nothing on here. We're just criticizing other people's decisions. True. But well, yeah, we can criticize them all. We're, right. we're rejecting their reality and substituting our own. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to assume that you would also say no. No. Okay. It's a great film. I think it is one of the best ever made, but not hundred best ever. Yeah, no, I agree. No, do you, I saw that this was originally like a three and a half for you? Has it gone up uh, no, with this it, recent rewatch? It it went up. Yes. I was much more engaged, interested. I can see how people would be turned off. It is very dark. It is very... Alex is not a good guy, and I don't think it necessarily asks you to think that he is. I think it... Some people have an issue where they think that main characters should always be likable and sympathetic. He is neither, but he is interested. interesting. That is what a main character should be, in my opinion. And he's awful, and he's terrible, but he is interesting. Clockwork Orange, ladies and gentlemen. Great movie. I'll let you decide what the title means. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Who cares? Don't. I don't want to get into that conversation. That's a whole other thing. 